0: Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. I'm presenting a
1: verse by verse study through the Gospel of John, and this is the 103rd program in this series. I'm in the Gospel of John chapter 17, verse 3, when Jesus defined eternal life, when he said, And this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And in the previous program, I described a certain kind of person, the kind of person who would not want to know God, who would have no reason to know God. Some of the characteristics that you can usually identify within people that would give you an indication that this person is not going to embrace the gospel, is not going to embrace the Lord. Now, what's important to recognize is that these are decisions, and I emphasized that in the previous program, that these are decisions that people make in order to solve the problems of life. But when they are making these decisions to solve the problems of life, it gets in the way, it interferes with their ability to surrender to God, to embrace the new covenant. And I gave two examples of things that you can identify. One example is a person's decision to be irresponsible, and that their life will tend to be devoted to trying to find ways to lie, to deceive, to manipulate other people into being responsible for them, or to do things for them, or to take care of them. That this is a way that people solve the problems of life They find other people who will solve the problems of life on their behalf. This is a decision that people make, and it gets in the way of them embracing the gospel, because in order to embrace the gospel, you have to recognize that you are personally responsible for yourself and for your own decisions. You are responsible you have to decide to surrender to the new covenant or to reject the new covenant. And when people solve the problems of life through the determination to be irresponsible, then they won't assume responsibility for their decisions concerning what they believe. They will declare in effect, that God is responsible for their salvation. And this is how it usually works out. What happens is, is that a person will say, well, God is responsible for my salvation. And if he doesn't save me, well, then I'm a victim. Then he's evil. And he can't do that. And this is what they count on. What do they count on? They count on The goodness of God, the grace of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, they count on that, but they don't do so in the way that God defined. God has offered his grace, his mercy, his love, he has offered entrance into the kingdom of heaven with no conditions, he's offered that. But if you're the kind of person who is not willing to embrace their responsibility for themselves a person who is not willing to embrace the fact that they are responsible for their own choices, their own decisions, well, then there is no compatibility between a person who needs the grace and mercy and the love of God and the kind of grace and mercy and love that God is offering. There is no compatibility there, and so these kinds of people simply are not going to be a part of the kingdom of heaven. You must acknowledge that you are responsible for yourself, for what you believe, and for what you do. I also explained the topic of forgiveness, that there are people who refuse to acknowledge their sin. They simply will refuse to acknowledge. It is a decision. It is a decision to refuse to acknowledge that they violate people, that they do anything wrong. For these kinds of people who make this decision, there is no compatibility between their need for forgiveness and the kind of forgiveness that God offers. God has offered, he has given forgiveness. He has given the complete forgiveness of sins to the world. But this is not compatible with an individual who won't even acknowledge, who refuses to recognize that they have a need for forgiveness. And with this lack of connection of reality, there is no way that this person is going to be a part of the kingdom of heaven. They have made a decision to deny reality, to deny the truth. There's no place for them in the context of God's forgiveness. And this is a decision that people like this make. You know, these are the kinds of people who, when it is finally exposed in an undeniable way, they simply cannot escape the revelation and the reality that they did something wrong. These are the kinds of people who will say, okay, fine, I, I did something bad, okay, well then you had better forgive me, or you are the one who has psychological problems. This is a kind of person, it is a type of person, they are this way because they have decided that they are going to be this way, that this is how They will solve the problems of life. They will solve the problems of their own personal failures and the way that they violate other people. And yes, they quite likely will relate to God in that very way when they go see him in the kingdom of heaven to say, "Okay, God, well, you had better forgive me or you have got psychological problems, either because, You're unwilling to forgive or because you're struggling with this. Oh, but don't worry, God, I'm here and I can help you work through these issues, right? Yes, there are lots of people in the world who are like this and there's nothing God can do with these people. These are the kinds of people who solve problems this way, who decide that this is how they're going to live their life. These kinds of people have no interest in knowing God. Why would they want to know him? Who he is, what he values, what's important to him, what his life is about is irrelevant. Those things have no relevance whatsoever. So when Jesus said eternal life is about knowing your God, these kinds of people who live for irresponsibility, who live for the denial of reality of their failures and of their sins, the only reason why they would consider to know God is to know Him well enough that they might be able to find ways to manipulate Him, to lie to Him, to deceive Him, to make promises they will never keep, to use Him for their own personal advantage regardless Of him as a person. Now of course you would think that somebody like this would have sense enough to not even bother to try and that turns out to be the case for the most part. People don't even bother to try to know their God or to be saved or have a relationship with him because maybe they have some small sense of honesty to recognize that if there is a God, he's not going to give in to them like everybody else around them in the world. So when God established the simple criteria of forgiveness, that he would offer forgiveness to a person, of course, this person is going to have to acknowledge that they have a need for forgiveness, or there is no compatibility with a person and their God such that there can be an invocation of the new covenant, and this person can be made spiritually alive, born again, a child of God. There is no compatibility there. You can't put those two things together. So by defining the subject of forgiveness in the way that he did, he eliminates those people who don't want to know him. He eliminates them by default. And you will see as you talk with people like this, people who refuse to embrace personal responsibility, people who refuse to acknowledge that they've ever done anything wrong, it seems ever, These are the kinds of people who will tell you openly, directly, that they either do not believe in God, or they believe in God who definitely is not the God of the Bible, or they absolutely refuse to embrace the gospel. They will have no part of God whatsoever. It becomes self-evident that they're not going to be saved. Now, there are still people who will be a part of a church, who will pretend to be a Christian, there are people who will do that because it gives them access to other people, children of God, who they can use and abuse in these ways by becoming parasitic in the lives of others. By finding people who they can abuse, and those people had better forgive, or they have psychological problems. Not these other people who are just simply abusing folks. They enjoy being a part of a church. They enjoy being a part of religion, because they can find people who they can abuse. The rules do not apply to them. The rules apply to all these other people around them, and they will use the rules, the laws, the religion, whatever, in order to manipulate and abuse other people. This is another characteristic of the kind of person who simply is not going to be a part of the kingdom of heaven. The kind of person who believes and lives in a way that the rules just don't apply to them. It's an indicator. If you encounter a person like this, after you spend time with them, you will come to recognize this person definitely has no place in the kingdom of heaven, and you spend enough time listening to them, you'll recognize they simply do not know God. They don't want to know God. They have no reason to know God. And they will definitely, according to John chapter 17, verse 3, they will definitely have no place in the kingdom of heaven because that is eternal life. It is about knowing your God. So these are indicators you will see other characteristics that people decide to have no empathy for other people with regards to their sufferings. They decide, it is a decision, that they have no empathy for others, for their struggles, for their pain, for their suffering. It is a decision, it is part of the parasitic attitude that they have towards other people who are around them. No sense of empathy, no sense of responsibility, no sense of recognizing their own sin, no sense of acknowledging that the rules of life and the rules of the world apply to them also. No sense of empathy. What other people think, who they are, really is irrelevant, with the exception, of course, to the degree you need to know and understand them so that you can deceive and manipulate them. Now, the world is filled with these people. This is a way that you can even divide between those very, very, very few people who are saved and the abundance of people who are not. And this is a way of dividing between those who are in the world, who are of the world, and those who are not, in that abstract way, in the world and of the world. God is looking for a certain kind of person, and these are ways of understanding how God makes the decision concerning the kind of person that he wants in his life. Now, when it comes to the sufferings of life, when it comes to the tribulations of life, these are opportunities for people to sit down and really rethink their lives, rethink themselves. And so I don't want you to consider that people like this have no hope whatsoever, because there is hope. There will always be hope. It doesn't mean that you have to subject yourself to their abuse anymore, but there can always be hope for an individual, that the individual may one day make a decision for themselves, that they will be responsible for themselves and for what they believe, that they will acknowledge there is a truth, and they had better... Embrace what God says about what is true. It is during the tribulations in life that people will sometimes rethink their lives. And this is what happens. What happens is that a person will finally see that they had better do something for themselves, that they had better be responsible for themselves that they probably need to have some sense of integrity, that maybe they need to be honest, that maybe they need to be a different person than who they decided to be before. And this becomes an opportunity, a point of decision, when they have to reshape their lives because their lives came apart for whatever reason. It's during these times that people will often consider the things of God. And they can do one of two things. They can either call upon God for his divine intervention because they either can't do anything to solve the problems of life that they are faced with, or they simply don't want to do anything to solve the problems of life that they are faced with. And when they call upon him for divine intervention to do something, well, there is a possibility that that could be a beginning of them moving in the right direction, but it's very unusual for people to go much further than that. Either God blesses them, intervenes in a divine way, or he's useless in their minds. There's no reason to continue to pursue him because they don't care who he is. All they want is his stuff and they want his miracles. They will tend to have this attitude of you either give me what I want, do what I need you to do, or you have no place in my life. And you know, from what I can tell, God is pretty good with this one. He simply does nothing and has nothing to do with them and is definitely not a part of their lives. But for those who finally decide to embrace some sense of personal responsibility and decide, that they are going to solve the problems of life that they have instead of trying to find somebody else to solve the problems of life for them. They make a decision that they will no longer be a parasite in other people's lives. This is the kind of person who God can do something with. This is the kind of person who might finally embrace their need for forgiveness such that there is something that they and God can have a conversation about that he would be willing to address. He could say, yes, you have a need for forgiveness, and you know, it just so happens that God has already provided for forgiveness. And so there can be the beginning of a new relationship based on that one fundamental truth. That can be a beginning. It is a beginning that often happens when a person decides that they will be responsible for what they believe, and for what they do, and this often happens when their life comes apart for whatever reasons, and they are faced with having to redefine their lives, and they decide that they're going to be responsible for the redefinition of their own lives. You know, when this new world was discovered that is now recognized as the United States, When this new world was discovered here in America, there were a lot of people who came to this country, and these were people who understood that if they were going to have any life here whatsoever, they were going to have to build it themselves. They knew that they were entering the frontier. They knew that they were entering a land where their life was going to be all about survival, and they were going to have to build the kind of life that they wanted to have for themselves. These were people who made a decision to be responsible for themselves, to be responsible for what they did and for what they didn't do. They made a decision that they would live in reality, that they would live in the truth, that they were not going to be about just trying to find people who they could lie to and deceive and manipulate. That is not what they were about. These were the kinds of people who God could do something with, who would have a chance at being saved. And so as this country grew, it grew from people who already were close to being the kinds of people who could embrace the gospel, who would want to know their God. And that's why America, North America, and the United States became recognized as a Christian country, as a Christian people, when the founding fathers established the nation after the Revolutionary War, it was universally recognized that this was a Christian nation. And that's mainly because the majority of the people who were a part of the nation were people who were Christians, who wanted to know God, at least to some extent. And while there were a lot of theological differences, at least these were people who would recognize the forgiveness of sins and had some interest in knowing their God. And this country grew and it prospered because these were the kinds of people who founded and built this country. Now, of course, many generations have passed and the generations that came afterwards are, of course, a different kind of people entirely, and the decay of this country is self-evident, and the fact that this country is no longer recognized as a Christian country and that the people as a whole are recognized, really, as no longer being Christians at all, in the majority, definitely things have changed. But I want you to understand that this is the normal cycle of civilizations. There's nothing unusual about it at all. It has happened throughout the last several thousand years. And in the midst of these cycles, the ups and downs and all the changes in every generation, God has found some people who have embraced the truth, some people who have surrendered to the new covenant. And in the generations to come, as the Lord will delay his return, there will continue to be more. And this is good. Again, in John chapter 17, verse 3, when Jesus said, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent you have to understand that only those who really want to know God are the ones who are going to be saved. Only those who want to know him will have eternal life. Those who don't have no place in the kingdom of heaven. And God will decide who he is willing to save, who he is willing to resurrect, and who he won't. He will make that decision. He has presented the gospel and through presenting the gospel he has defined the criteria by which a person can be saved. He has defined the kind of person that he's willing to have in his life, and it is a decision of each and every one in humanity to be that kind of person or not be that kind of a person. It is a decision that each individual makes. So God has made an offer to the collective, but it is the decision of every individual to respond or not to respond to that. And when we decide that we want to live in reality and live in the truth, when we make that decision and our God is the definer of truth, We make a decision that we want to know him, and we want to be a part of his life and what he is doing. These other people who I described earlier, they don't want to have anything to do with what he's doing. They genuinely believe that other people only exist for the purpose of serving them, for the purpose of being a part of what they are doing. These people don't want to be a part of what other people are doing, and they don't want to be a part of what God is doing. And so it's a decision, and so be it. And this is what defines the difference between the children of God and those who are in the world. It's really important to understand this, because as I continue into chapter 17, verse four, and the rest of John chapter 17, with regards to the Lord's prayer, he makes a division between those who are in the world and those who are not. And you must understand that this really is a decision that the people make to respond to his offer or to reject it. And I will continue into verse four in the next program. Thank you for listening. This is the 103rd program in the verse by verse study through the gospel of John. In this program, I was spending some more time in John chapter 17, verse three, with reference to knowing our God, that eternal life is about knowing our God. And I was spending a little bit more time talking about the kind of person who makes a decision to be irresponsible. And the way that they solve the problems of life is by finding someone else who will be responsible for them. So through manipulation, through dishonesty, they end up becoming like a parasite in other people's lives. And that this is not the kind of person who God will allow in the kingdom of heaven because This is the kind of person who would only want to know him to the extent that they would be able to deceive and manipulate him. But he's not going to establish a relationship with someone on the basis of dishonesty. In the next program, I'm going to spend some time talking about the kind of person who is responsible. This kind of a person is not automatically going to become a Christian. They have their own obstacles to face. These obstacles are related to a person doing works. What happens is that they try to establish their relationship with God through the principles of the old covenant, and these will get in the way of embracing the offer that God has made through the new covenant. And I will explain this in the next program.